This time, Miss Dina is going to bring our special. <laughs> was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it his countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow and the guards they shook for fear of him and they became like a dead man but then the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord No more stars. 
where are the shackles? Where is your sting? Has been defeated. of our King, and uh, as one preacher said, wow, and uh, he said, that's so awesome, I'll say it backwards, wow, and uh, and uh, say that one either way, Brother Larry, and it just says, came out the same way, and, uh, and they just sent chills all over, I had, as one other person said, I had chill bumps on top of my chill bumps, and uh, thinking about that day, that song, the very words were so powerful. Miss Dana, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, if you want to, go ahead and get your fingers on those two scriptures, Isaiah 14, also Luke 16, looking at God's Word. Um, just had a, a really great revival. We had a flood, then a trickle. We had a flood down the uh, the altars Sunday night, the, it was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50. Uh, they have five different nationalities in that congregation uh, because of the uh, uh, MBSF. And Arkansas Tech is such a uh, diverse, it has a m- multiplicity of different nationalities at that college. There's a bunch of different uh, we had in the services, of course, from people from Mexico, El Salvador, Taiwan, uh, China, and uh, some other Oriental-style uh, country, and uh, so several different nationalities there. Uh, just pretty neat. Uh, headed over to stay in uh, uh, Glenwood. Uh, they're putting me up in a little old mom-and-pop hotel there. Caleb's going with me on this revival, and uh, is, uh, I don't know if he's spiritually motivated. He's uh, met about three girls at church camp, and, uh, and then I said, the girls said, your dad is preaching our revival. You need to come. He said, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's coming with me. This will be his second revival to come with me on a, for a full week. And uh, it'll be five nights, Sunday night through Thursday night. And uh, <clears throat> they've got him challenged in basketball. When I preached there last year, the head coach, uh, the championship winners and 1A girls, was the school of Kirby, Arkansas. And uh, that, the whole basketball team went to that church, including the coach. And so it was a pretty neat deal. And uh, country, I mean... It's a, it's a, 
one-room church house with an extension of a fellowship hall on it. And we and packed, I mean, uh, and inside there, the church is about the same, the auditorium is about the same size as our hope room. And they pack in about 100 people each night into that little old room. And they go out in the dirt, and they've got a old uh, leaning basketball goal and a two old uh, poles sitting out there to play volleyball. And those kids are just playing the dirt and play basketball. If you miss the backboard, it goes into the cow pasture. You look out for the bull, hop over the barbed wire fence, and grab the basketball and hustle back before he comes around. And that was the whole time last year. And so their country... All right, and uh, so that's where we're headed. So, uh, Isaiah 14, and uh, then Luke 16. The word of God here in Isaiah 14 is about Lucifer. Matter of fact, I believe uh, this is the only place we find his original name, Lucifer. Now, this story is told in Ezekiel 28, but his name is the king of Tyre, T-Y-R-E. But uh, let's take a quick peek at this. Hell is a real place. And uh, and I'm going to speed this up a little bit. I want to begin with verse 12. I'm in Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. Now, this is back way when... When Lucifer was a good angel, a created angel of God, and he became what we call Beelzebub, Satan, the old devil. Sometimes he's called the old dragon. He has many names in the Bible. And uh, he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and be like the Most High. And uh, in verse 15, now this is God pronouncing judgment. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? And uh, as a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, that word man means he person. Just a, uh, He's in the male gender, if you will. Uh, that maketh the earth to tremble and did shake the kingdoms. And he's been shaken. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls him the prince and power of the air and the king of this world. Now, what he means by that, over the prince of this world, if you will, that He's lurking here, and God's going to kick him out one day, but he's here for a reason. And uh, and then, of course, he says in verse 17, You made the world as a wilderness, destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners, and all the kings of the nations, even to them, line glory, every one in his own house. Uh, skipping on now to Luke 16. This is a story, a real story, not a parable. Jesus never used proper names in a parable. And uh, it's a story about, he doesn't say the rich man's name, he just says rich man. And then, of course, Lazarus. And uh, beginning with verse 19, Luke 16, 19, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. 
And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. There's a comma right there. I'll just stop right there. Now, why even preach on hell? Hell is a real place. We don't like to talk about it. Matter of fact, uh, Trey and I were uh, visiting earlier this week about a book that he read and uh, uh, by Francis Chan or called Erasing Hell. And it's uh, in repose to another fellow who wrote a book that there's nobody's going to hell, everybody's going to heaven. Now, that sounds too good to be true. And guess what? Anytime something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. A lot of people want heaven without hell. And they don't want to believe in hell. And they, they say these questions. How could a loving God send people to be tormented forever? Well, there's several answers to that question. Number one, he is loving, but nobody wants to talk about his other attributes or his other characteristics. Is God perfect? Yes, he is. Is God just? You know, uh, we've got uh, uh, Brother Sam. He's a judge, and we've had other people that's been a judge before and uh, that you know of. And, and uh, judges are supposed to judge a person upon the law and the law says that all sin must be dealt with all sin and jesus paid the price for our sin so that we could go to heaven now if god is just it'd be kind of like this now now this i have to use an extreme example for you to grasp this if one of your family members was brutally beaten or, and killed, or if you have a daughter or a granddaughter, and they were brutally beaten and raped, or some, I mean a horrible crime, something that just make your blood boil, and you're ready for redneck revenge. But the law has them. The, they get brought before the judge, and the, the, the perpetrator says, you know what, I realize that I'm not a, I messed up, and you know, would you just forgive me? And just let me go because I messed up. And the judge saying, well, he could say this. He could say, you know what? Or you're right. You, you know, you realize that you messed up. I'm just going to let you go. And, uh, and you would say, what? That's crazy. Why would you just let this perpetrator go? They're guilty of a crime. I don't care what they say. They're guilty. They deserve punishment. Well, guess what? God's going to judge everybody, including us. There's a real, and we're going to be judged. Okay, there's two judgments: judgment for the lost and judgment for the saved. Quickly, I want to say this. I love the song. There's a new song out uh, by Mike Powell, the lead singer for a group called Third Day, and he got to. Uh, he, I was listening to him being interviewed. And he said, there's a bunch of contemporary songs, and they sing about, uh, uh, man, God loves everybody. And, God, and we're, you know, we're so happy. And if you just praise the Lord and come to church and you just be a good person and God's good to you, He loves you and you love Him. But there's very few songs on God's judgment. Now, this is a, a contemporary a Christian song that a lot of young people love third day. And he's saying, listen to this, he's saying 
Young people today don't hear enough about the judgment of God. So guess what he wrote? He wrote a song about the judgment of God. And he's standing before the judge, and he's guilty. Folks, we're all guilty. We're all sinners. But this is the chorus to that song. But I've trusted in Jesus, and he's my Savior and my Deliverer. You see, we're guilty before a judge. But if you've trusted in Jesus, not only is he your Savior, but he's your Deliverer, and he's the only one who can deliver you from, any, from judgment. And that is it. We're going to stand before a judge. And I'm going to read to you that judgment of the lost in just a second. Now, and looking at this real quickly, everybody, nobody wants to talk about, <clears throat> about a real hell. And it, it does sound horrible. But you know what? I, I, I know this. I know, number one, I can't understand eternity yet i'm not there and god knows about it now let me ask you this do you believe that god is perfect amen okay do you believe i don't believe he's going to make a mistake I, i trusted in his son jesus as my savior so therefore right now the bible says everybody that has uh died without Christ, is in hell. This man is in hell. And you say, well, I, I just what if they didn't have a chance? There's all kind of questions. I could say, what if? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to them all. I've got some answers I can give you after church, but I can't preach in 25, 30 minutes and answer all the questions. But I do know this. God's not going to make a mistake. And people that are in hell are there for, because they've rejected, there's only one, you know, I've heard people, they're in hell paying for their sins. No, guess what? There's only one sin you'll pay for for an eternity. And that is the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ. Or you could say not accept. You say, I've never rejected Him. But if you've never accepted Him, it's the same. And so people that are, so guess what? People are in hell. But guess what? That's Hades in, in the Old Testament called Sheol. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's, a, it's not a good place. And it says he's tormented in these flames. Now, did you know that nobody's in the lake of fire yet? If you go over to the book of Revelation, it says that right uh, before the millennial reign, Satan is cast into the bottomless pit, and the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast alive. I mean, before they die, into the lake of fire. They're the very first two people. Now, those people are, by the way, humans. One of them possessed of Satan, Antichrist, and the other one controlled by Satan, false prophet. Now... Later on, the Bible says everybody, and I'll read it in Revelation 20, nobody's in the lake of fire. Now, I cannot prove this, and you can't disprove it. I can't disprove it. I can't prove it. But I heard a preacher say, and I just kind of like it. I don't know if you'll like it. We're all country folks around here. And there's a, I was telling them about what great fishing places are. It's so mountainous. There's Mount Nebo. 
The only thing that made me nervous about preaching in Russellville, every morning when I got up to drink coffee, I was staring at a nuclear reactor. I said, that's real comforting. And uh, nuclear ones right there. It was right outside my front porch or back porch, every which way. But anyway, and, and you know, it's pretty in Mount Nebo. Right there. Right down the road, Brother Billy, is nuclear reactor. Steam coming up. And uh, just saying, whoo. Anyway, I was telling them about this. We got, they had some pretty lakes around there. I drove around Lake Dardanelle. I walked a trail. They had a big trail. The Lake of Fire. I wonder, right, you know, hell, judgment, place. Now, the words used there in several places shall be cast into the lake of fire or where the fire dieth not and the, uh, the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The word fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, the word is Gehenna, which just means judgment fire. Guess what? Nobody's there yet. The lake of fire. Nobody's there yet. Now, follow me closely. And, I, and I, he said this, you know, lake has a shallow end and a deep end. Most lakes do. You could, I guess, have a square lake, you know, just a straight down and bottom. And uh, could, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it made sense to that preacher and I'll just accept it. Now, God, listen to me, this is going to do this. Number one, I have to believe this. God's not going to make a mistake. Whatever you get, whether you go to heaven or hell, you're going to get what you've got coming to you. Now, we get to heaven by grace through faith. The Bible, I'm just repeating right out of the Bible. Okay? By grace, that means free gift through faith, the faith you exercise that God gave you. All right? So that's how you get in. Now, are we supposed to be faithful? Do you believe that anybody in heaven will get a reward? Or a crown. The Bible does mention rewards and crowns. So if there's different amounts of rewards in heaven, there's also different amounts, I believe, of punishments. Now, for lack of time, you can turn over there and you can read the whole chapter after church. But Matthew 23, he told the Pharisees that they would receive the greater damnation because you're leading people away from me. And you know what that means? A greater judgment. So therefore, there will be different levels of in hell. And I think that lake bears that out, even though that's not popular preaching. Matter of fact, it's real popular to say, God just loves you and we're all going to go to heaven. Everything's going to be fine and dandy. Well, no, no, that's a lie. And that's a lie from Satan. Matter of fact, the, again, the premise of the book, Racing Hell, is about how that that's a false idea. The lead singer for Third Day, he said that people don't hear enough about God's judgment. And it's so true. All right? Now, talk about, you know, it was originally planned for Satan. It says, uh, and I'll just quote to you real quick, Psalms nine seventeen. It says, all nations and them that forget God shall be turned into hell. Okay? And then hell is described in the Bible uh, over and over. And I'll just again quote to you Mark 9. It says, where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Now, quickly, you are doing great. We've had baptism. We've had great specials. We've had kids swistling Dixie. All right? Or coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around or wherever she was swistling. 
All right, y'all have done great. Listen, and I think this. You say, a Jehovah's Witnesses, you know that what they teach about hell? You just burn up. Basically, hell is a puff of smoke. Poof, and you're gone. It's over with, done. Well, according to my Bible, the fire's not quenched, the worm dieth not, means God's going to give you a body. It won't ever burn up. And the wor- the decay, the worm dieth not. You know what that means? Jesus simply said, you know how you see all those maggots crawling around in the decomposition area in the Hinnom Valley? He said, just like you, the worms are going to eternally corrupt, be eternal corruption in hell. And that sounds gross. But he's just trying to say it's not pretty and it's not good. Let's finish up quickly. I'm still in Luke 16, then I'm going to head to Revelation 20. He said this, he said, uh, Now I'm just going to tell you about the torments of hell. Hell is painful with suffering because of the place, the problems, and I put the possibilities, the memories. And, uh, and I just want to tell you this. First of all, I'm in Luke 16:24. He said, Man, I'm thirsty. Can you get me a drink of water? I am tormented in this flame. Uh, sorry, there's no water fountains in hell. Uh, next, you're, <clears throat> you're there. It says you've done evil things. Basically, you ignored God. And you were mean to everybody because you didn't have God in your heart. All right? And he said, guess what? In verse 26, at that particular time, there's this great gulf between paradise and the place where Lazarus was and, uh, and hell where the rich man was and he said in verse 27 he said can you warn my five brothers which tells me this you're going to have a memory notice he's not speaking to anybody else a lot of people say i'll be in hell and i'll be partying with my friends Uh, you don't know it's going to be have you ever heard of solitary confinement Uh, if they can come up with that idea here on this earth don't you think God can come up with that? He's not talking to anybody beside him because he doesn't see anybody beside him. You say, well, there's no fire because uh, the Bible says it's eternal darkness. So how can there be fire and eternal darkness? That does not make sense. If God made the light, don't you think he could make fire that doesn't have any light? You say, he ain't smart enough to do that. I don't think he can do it. He can do it. He can make fire that doesn't have any light if he wants to. Okay? So there can be eternal darkness and flames at the same time. So don't think you're going to try to get up on God. Okay? I've heard that argument. I've heard all these arguments. You can't do it. People trying to figure out God with a limited brain. I've got a very limited brain. And he's way beyond any of us. But he does have a memory. Head to Revelation 20. I got to brag on y'all because y'all do it every week. Y'all stay with me. I, I just, I, I preach. I hope I say something. Like I say, last Sunday was a, one of the toughest messages I've preached in my last seven years here. It was hard. It was difficult. And some, I'm sure, did not care for it. I understand. It, it's okay to disagree with Brother Michael. It's okay. It won't hurt my feelings. I'm a big boy. Okay? It's all right. Uh, but you just have to 
you argue with me, but you might want to take it up here. I just, just, no, no need to, to point at the messenger. Let's just look at this. It's okay. It's okay. Revelation 20, this is pretty bad. Talking about bad stuff. This is a great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. I believe you got 66 books of the Bible laying there, and you got the book of life. That's just my opinion. And uh, the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books, which means you had preachers telling you, you had prophets telling you, everybody telling you the message. Old Testament, New Testament people. It doesn't matter. Everybody that's ever lived that didn't accept Jesus will be standing at this judgment and we will be watching. Because if you keep going, it says God wipes away all of all of our tears. Why? Because we just saw everybody kicking and screaming, thrown into an everlasting hell. And it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, death and hell were, I'm in verse 13, which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Have you accepted Jesus? Because here's the only requirement for getting into heaven. Verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. In verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Whose tears? Our tears. And there's no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I want to ask you this. I'm going to ask you the same thing that I asked Jonathan this morning. Where are you going when you die? As we prepare for a hymn invitation, as Brother Norman and our musicians get ready, right now, most of you got to get out here on Promised Land Road to get home. I don't. <laughs> But uh, most of us do. All right? Something happens. You leave this world. You say, well, I'm not living right. doesn't matter. Not everybody always lives right. I know that. But, you know, some people say, my mom and dad this. I've been baptized, joined church. No. Don't ever say that. If somebody asks you, you're going to heaven, don't say, my mom and dad, my church membership, my baptism. You say, I've trusted in Jesus. Just like the chorus of that song. Because when you stand at the judgment, won't anything matter but that phrase, I trusted in Jesus. Nothing else will matter. There's only one way to escape hell. Have you prayed and trusted in Jesus?